everyone, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford, and today we have my co-host, Peter Glassford, uh, interviewing this awesome rock climber and owner of On the Rocks Climbing up where we are in Collingwood, Ontario. Uh, her name is Leslie Timms, and she is one of the coolest ladies that I have met in a long time. So yeah, we hope you enjoy learning a little bit about how to rock climb, how to train for rock climbing, uh, how she separates her life between guiding and doing her own adventures, and how she gets things done. Enjoy! All right, welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We're here today with Leslie Timms, who is an amazing person all around. She is a small business, a medium-sized business, I might even say, owner here in Collingwood, Ontario, and also a very accomplished rock climber. Um, I've been told several times here in Collingwood that Leslie and I should meet because we are both business owners, um, you know, coaching people in different sports, but coaching people nonetheless, helping them find a love for our sports, but then also we're both athletes, so we both sort of have this identity crisis that we're balancing and I think doing pretty well with. Um, so today we want to talk to Leslie about her pursuits as an athlete, but also um, some of the things she notices when she's instructing people in rock climbing and maybe sort of draw out some things that we can use um, to pursue climbing as a you know uh, one of our areas in our consummate athlete repertoire um so let's start with a quick bio leslie thank you for coming thanks for having me no problem so why don't you tell us a little bit about you as an athlete let's start again maybe we'll divide this out a little bit to keep it uh simpler in the explanation but tell us a little bit about you sort of where you've come and you know sort of your palmares is what we call it in cycling i don't know if you call it the same thing in rock climbing but what you've achieved in in uh, rock climbing as an athlete um i guess over the years i've kind of become recognized as being a super well-rounded climber i like all disciplines of climbing and uh, i've pushed myself outdoors in all different types um not much of an indoor competitor or anything like that but you could say i've kind of competed outside um, for difficulty ranges on different styles of climbing so okay yeah awesome and so the ranking system um, we'll get into maybe later because it still confuses me, which I don't think is abnormal from what I've read <laughs> no. because there's so many ranking systems. Um, but just you're sort of what, from what I can see, like 512, 514, is that? Yeah, is that, so yeah. my hardest thing that I've accomplished was uh, 14A. Okay. Um, that's kind of considered the elite level of rock climbing. Okay. Um, and then with bouldering, which is kind of like when you don't use ropes and you fall on a pad, it's shorter things. Right that I've done a V10 and okay. then with trad when you're actually placing the gear in the rock as you go up you could consider that like the most um, advanced scary type of climbing yeah. that I've climbed a 13C so okay yeah okay. awesome <laughs> all right that's that's good so that's so we understand where you're at um, with your sort of as an athlete now you rock climbing in itself is maybe a little different than some sports but I guess maybe some sports are moving that same way. So you have your competition, you know, your sport climbing, your indoor climbing, that sort of stuff. But then there's also a lot of the the athletes in the sport are also just going out and doing, you know, routes or doing video or doing photos and stuff like that. So my impression of the sport is that there's maybe more people that do that versus like, you know, if we look at cycling or something like that, certainly the majority of the people are like entering like a race, entering a competition. Would mm -hmm. you agree with that? 
Um, yeah, so with climbing, it's definitely more recreational-based. I would definitely right. agree. Yeah. Right. So for you, there's that magazine side. Like, would you enter competitions in a year anymore? Um, no, I've actually never done a rock climbing competition. Okay. I did a pull-up competition once. <laughs> but <laughs> How um, many did you do? Um, oh, geez. I don't even remember. Maybe it was like 20-something. Wow. 28, I think it was. I think that was on the board at Active Life, Maybe, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every year at Active Life, Sarah gets me to do the pull-ups as well. Okay. <laughs> so right now, how many could you stomp out, do you think, like confidently? Jeez. I know in my prime, like off the couch, I could do like 24, no problem. Jeez. I don't think I could nowadays because I don't train pull-ups anymore. Right. Like back when... But like I you'd be confident in 10. Oh, yeah. yeah. 10, okay. no problem. No okay. Problem. Is that like, how many would you say like to go out and climb with you in a day? How many would I need to do? <laughs> to climb with yeah. me? Like yeah. he- keep up? Yeah. <laughs> a minimum 10. Minimum. <laughs> Absolute okay. minimum. I, I like that. So just a minimum. Like obviously there's some skill and like just knowing how everything works. That's going to be a bigger barrier than my pull-ups. But if we wanted to eliminate that. So 10. Okay. Um, awesome. So now as a business owner... That's true, right? Mm-hmm. You own okay, and it's called On the Rocks. Yeah, here and it's based out of Collingwood, or is it based out of Thornbury? Thornbury, okay, yeah. okay. Um, and so you guys do just rock climbing? Yeah, just okay. rock climbing. Awesome. And we actually went last year with about Mark, a year ago. <laughs> about a year ago for Molly's birthday, um, we went out with Mark for an afternoon. And what's his his husky's name? Sawyer. Sawyer. We went out with Sawyer too, and yeah, it was an awesome, awesome day. Um, just you know. Pretty, we were both pretty new. Molly had done a bit of indoor climbing. Um, I had done a bit of outdoor, a bit of bouldering, a bit indoor, but like very noob sort of stuff. But um, yeah, it was awesome. Like just getting the basics of trad climbing. So sort of top roping and, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing how you set up the rope and Mark did a great job just giving us basics of knots. And so, yeah, it was a really, so I definitely recommend that if you were looking for something to do with the kids or as a family or as a couple or group or whatever, like pretty solid afternoon. Um, and it was interesting, like going to areas of that, that was Metcalf maybe we Mm -hmm. went to? Yeah, totally. Um, and that's in Kalapur though, technically, is it? Yeah. So like I had mountain biked and ran and skied and like never seen the stuff. Like to me that was before we even climbed or did any instruction, I think just being out and seeing all the cliffs and like sort of getting that tour was like the biggest thing. Yeah, for sure. So after all that rambling, um, is there anything maybe just let us know a bit more about you as a as a guide so you have a ton of certifications so Mm -hmm. maybe just let us know yeah so i'm certified through an organization called pcgi professional climbing guide institute okay um i got my cert with them uh geez seven years ago or something like that and i went on to become a mentor so now i can also certify other guides okay um yeah and we run uh pretty much any kind of climbing course from like your first time on the rock to like you wanting to become a climbing guide yourself Right. So we teach people like how to mostly how to set up the ropes on their own, how to get out and do this on their own, so you can have the freedom freedom to do this on your own time. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Um, and it's called. Okay. Um, so if you were gonna start, like I have very little, so like I've been out once. So then, what would be if I decided I wanted to be a climbing guide? I'd obviously need to learn to climb first. Yes, for sure. So now you guys do. Is that part of the sort of climbing guide process? Like, would I be able to go into that now or would I go, Um, do you guys offer sort of like a climbing? Yeah, like I'd say it's something you definitely build up to over a while. So um, like first step, you know, go into the gym, try rock climbing or go out, hire a guide, try it outside. 
um, make some friends. Climbing is kind of one of those sports that it's good to know people and because you need a partner to go out with right. usually. Um, and then when you think you're really getting into it, it's just a one-day course to learn how to set up the ropes on your own. Okay. And then um, there's lots of different levels of climbing. There's top roping, which you did. Then there's sport mm -hmm. climbing and then traditional climbing and bouldering. So there's lots to learn through climbing. Um, and you can even go to multi-pitch, which you see like um, El Capitan, you know, Yosemite kind of stuff where you're right. on the wall for days, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like if you go out, gain lots of experience and then you're really still stoked on climbing and you want to become a guide, um, then that's going to be like a four-day course, lots of practice time, and then a one-day exam. Right. Very cool. Okay, so you, and then so you guys offer, yeah, I remember Mark saying that too, that you offered sort of like a more structured like, learn how to climb type yeah. session versus like you're out just like here's climbing totally and like yeah he's in charge exactly we do lots of private guiding and then we do like gym to rock transition courses awesome okay that's uh, definitely what I found that I needed I was like wait these aren't smooth totally <laughs> and they're not marked yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah not necessarily like optimal right like, yeah well, they're exactly. not colored either yeah. I just can't see them exactly <laughs> okay um, now you do some writing as well with Grift, yeah, totally. Um, which is another similarity because I write for their cycling magazine. Oh, so cool. Grift owns Canadian Cycling yeah, magazine totally. or is associated with it. So, yeah, when I was just stuff. reading through your stuff, I'm like, this is sort of comical. Just yeah, like, it's funny. Some of the similarities. Um, <laughs> and I've done stuff for the triathlon one. That's so, true. we've covered run, three uh, of the four here. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you read for the running one too? Not yet. Oh, okay. Well, we got goals. Like the yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just conquer the magazine. Um, Awesome. Okay, so that's probably like what would you expect? I guess let's get down into your training. Let's do that next. Um, so for you have a couple cool posts on your blog. I was just reading through over the last couple of days, um, and lots of really cool shots. Like definitely lots of cool. You're on Instagram too, mm -hmm. right? Is yeah. it Leslie Timms? Leslie Timmers. Timmers. Okay, yeah. and we'll post to that in the notes. Um, but some really awesome shots. It's the best thing probably about your sport or not the best thing But like a cool thing about your sport is that it's the photos are oh, just yeah, always so, so photogenic. and you go to such crazy places mm -hmm. too So there's definitely some like really crazy things you're hanging upside yeah. down from or... Yeah, you get to see amazing things. That's for sure. Okay, so how do you get ready for that then? Um, um, to train for climbing like if you want to prep for a trip. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, I guess so I mean you have one post from I think 2010 that talks about like you really get into the gym and mm -hmm. you know, a mix of things yeah. yeah, so we know we're going away every winter So we usually do like a six-week kind of training cycle to prep Okay, so we've got a little home wall at home and to build up for it, we do like what we call for climbing a power endurance cycle. So power endurance is just the ability to hold on to like the same difficulty of move over and over and over kind of thing without having to rest. So okay. usually when you can do that, you're the most fit. So um, to train for that, we'll do like, um, say you climb like a boulder problem on the wall mm -hmm. and then you have to climb it like four times in four minutes kind of thing. And then after that, immediately jump into like a minute of push-ups and a minute of something else and a minute just to keep the heart rate going the whole time. Okay. Um, we also do other specific training like hangboards. So you, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those before, oh, yeah. but they've got yeah. all the different grip positions and you'll hang like dangle like huge weights from you and like try to hang by your fingertips on it. Um, we'll do pull-ups on them as well, weighted pull-ups. Um, one that I really love is campusing. So that's a, it's like a ladder, um, a wooden ladder that's just but for fingertips. So you can't actually like, grab the ladder rung and you don't put your okay. feet on. So you climb the ladder without feet. 
if you can okay. picture that. So it's just arms. And does it move side to side or just up? No, it's like, just straight it's up. It's basically a ladder. It's like a that, wooden rung ladder. That, that you've sort of blocked out the back to, essentially. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. If you can picture and that. And that's called campusing? Campusing, yeah. Where does so that, that name come from? Uh, I don't know. It's to the act of campus. Like, it's a verb, right? Okay. So you campus something in climbing. I want, does when it you have come, no it's feet. not like breaking into things on campus no. or something? <laughs> no, I don't know where that came from. Well, obviously, your university yeah. experience was different than mine. <laughs> exactly. Uh. But it, it works your contact strength, so it's your ability to latch a hold. Okay. Um, so I find that's really useful, too. Interesting. Um, so now, could we set up something here? We're in our condo actually today in Collingwood. I was just going to ask the same how, question. How sweet could we build this? Like we got some oh, some pretty technical some slopes here. Yeah, you do. We're over bird. We're over right here. For sure. Um, you guys could easily fit a hangboard over a door hang or something like that. Yeah. Um, I find that anybody living in an apartment or whatever, that's usually what they'll do. They'll put a hangboard over a door. No, no, yeah. he's thinking like wall. Yeah, no, like wall just, space. Just, like if we, I would have some cute okay. all the way up there, and then you could even like climb to your upstairs. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you do this? Do you set up? Like, if we could set this up, we got the boards put in and stuff, you could come in and set some roots for us. Totally. I know some people. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. We're probably in a good area for finding people who know stuff about that. So. Really worried this is your redecorating plan I, now. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea of the power endurance. So essentially, you're doing circuit training at home, I guess, exactly. right? But you're including a rock wall in it. Yeah. So in that, so if it say it took you five minutes to get through, including like one time up the wall, set of push-ups, set of pull-ups or something, like you'd say five minutes for that. And then you'd want to get back through that same thing in five minutes. Yeah. Like my favorite cycles we call four by fours. So you do, um, one problem that's like a problem, meaning like a boulder problem. Mm -hmm. Um, you try to climb one that's like relatively difficult. So you have to try hard, um, four times in four minutes. So you need like a little bit of rest in between. And then sometimes we'll tack on like four push up or sorry, a minute of push ups, a minute of leg lifts, a minute of burpees, a minute mm-hmm. of jumping squats. And you do all that back to back. So it ends up being eight minutes. And then you take like a five minute rest and then you do that four times. Okay. So that would keep your heart rate really high and you get really little rest in between the max effort. Okay. So you could do it like the four minutes would be more just for the problem mm-hmm. and then you might tack to make that longer. Yeah, like we might tech on the oppositional kind of exercises as well. Um, But you don't necessarily need to do that. And that's just one example of um, exercises. Like I find when we only have a six week period to work with, um, it's just you get the most gains. Mm -hmm. Um, If I, like back in the day, I used to train for like four months in the gym kind of thing. And in that case, we'd do like a full cycle. So we'd start with like max strength and power and then build into, yeah, periodization. Yeah. So why six weeks now? Um, it just seems like I work all summer and then I get uh, kind of like six weeks to go play in October. So mm-hmm. then at that time, I just want to go rock climb. I don't want to train. Yeah. And then usually I have kind of this window between like in de- December, January. Um, and that just works out that ends up being like six weeks. And I find I get pretty good gains in the six weeks. Yeah. Um, so it's been working pretty well. So I guess because you're, you're sort of like base training, you know, in your sport, mm-hmm. right? Like all the time, like you're pretty fit and you're totally, climbing. Yeah. Like it's not like your climbing ability is just falling away. You're still yeah. hanging on rock and stuff anyhow. Exactly. Um, it's just the fitness that goes away during guiding season. Right. Okay. Um, that's interesting. I really like that power endurance definition and, and how you're using that. I mean, I think we do similar in cycling, but... 
um, certainly in mountain biking we could do you know you got my brain turning a little bit with just <laughs> more timed like repeatability on a super super technical section and yeah. then, like you say optionally you could include like a really hard climb to like lengthen that out yeah exactly but you could also drill right in on that you know I even use the term problems stolen from rock climbing when but it's kind of true. When we have like a really, like Kalapur's got An a lot, but like really or... dirty section that's like, you know, a little techie to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really cool because definitely you would see people, you know, whether it's dabs, like not being able to actually get through it without putting a foot down mm-hmm. um, or actually just having to slow down because they're losing that, like just ability. We use that term in climbing too, dabs. dabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be more for tra- trad climbing though. No, it's actually for um, bouldering. So bouldering, when if you like are on a problem and say your foot just like touches the pad slightly, oh, that's a dab. Okay. So you gotta right. let go and it doesn't count. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't get to continue and just say like you, you did, could, but like, everybody knows you didn't oh, do it. Okay. You can't just say I did it with one dab or something. No, no, okay. no dabs. Okay. Um, yeah, like I say, there's a couple links that I'll link to from your blog and things that you linked out to. There was an article. From Deadpoint magazine, is that magazine still around? Like, do they? Yeah, they, are they have still a really around. nice interface, actually. They do, yeah. Um, and so they had a couple of, I think you used the term opposition exercises yeah. and stuff. A bunch yeah, of, the like, workout every climber must do, I think. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And so it has a lot of like shoulder retraction and protraction <clears throat> and pulling. Um, I'm trying to remember what else was in it, um, but that was it's a it's a good sort of concise article, so I'll link to that as well. Do you do any like traditional like cardio type stuff or just totally yeah so um like just to give you kind of a general idea of the way my basic training would work I guess is uh, this is for that six weeks yeah so I do like three days a week of climbing training um at a minimum and then four kind of at a max and then two days a week I usually join with my coach Sarah at Active Life Conditioning. Mm -hmm. And with her I'll do like you know your traditional stuff like bench presses and and with climbing, we call it our oppositional muscle groups. So that'd be okay. your push muscles like chest and triceps and then uh, shoulder work too to keep our shoulders strong. Right. So with Sarah, I'll do that kind of stuff so twice doing a like week. external rotation and yep, exactly. that sort of stuff. Okay. Yeah, just to keep the everything stable. Climbers yeah. gen- tend to like hunch forward because our back muscles get so overdeveloped. So okay. um, it's good to kind of build up your chest and build up your shoulders and stuff like that so you don't look like a monkey. Right. Um, and then usually like once, twice a week, I might do some yoga, stretching, kind of opening stuff again to kind of get rid of the shoulders hunched forward. Right. Okay. So funny because you see that in cycling too. Oh, it's totally the same. Over. I always, and that's why biking kills me because I'm like, I do this like all the time. I don't need this. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you hunch forward even though your back muscles are getting stronger. Yeah. Yeah. It's the lats, I think. Okay. Um, our chest gets tight. Um, and then like lats and upper traps get really overdeveloped. So we, I don't know yeah. why, but we end up kind of So it could rounding. be positional too, just like how you're always at the rock anyhow, like sort of yeah. hunched forward. Yeah. If you go um, into a gym, you see all the boulders sitting around. They're all like yeah, hunched like okay. apes. So I was going to say, this sounds like the best sport to do because it's so back heavy. But yeah. Apparently it's, it's not any different than cycling. No, <laughs> I think it's probably for different reasons. We just hunch over. Not, nothing's getting strong. Yeah, you're just nothing's sitting getting strong that way. in our upper body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we do not have overdeveloped back exactly. muscles. <laughs> um, so let's stay on this training idea here for a bit. So let's say like mistakes. I mean, you've probably rolled your eyes at me a couple times saying that I was going to come out onto the rocks and stuff like this. Um, so what's the like 
when you look at beginner climbers, what are like common mistakes? Mm. Um, and maybe let's start with like a big, be- like pretty beginner, like beginner to rock. Like climbing. very beginner. Yeah. Um, the, the number one common thing that most people do when they first come out for the first time is they try to use their arms too much. Um, it's, I think it's just kind of a human response when you get onto a cliff right. or whatever to climb, you want to just pull, right? Um, but when you start on a beginner climb, if you put an experienced climber on it, they'd be using mostly their legs the whole time and wouldn't even feel a burn in their arms. Right. Um, so that's definitely the number one thing that people you do is okay. they don't use their legs Because most beginner or like easier routes are going to have pretty substantial things to stand exactly, on. Exactly, right? yeah, yeah. And the people just kind of forget about their feet. I well, I think you're thinking climbing. Yeah, you know, and grab, that's always grab, like you know? arms, right? Like mm-hmm. our arms are actually doing something all of a sudden. And exactly. You know, we don't have a lot in our lives, I guess that you know is is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I also find um, people will overgrip too much, so they'll like just kind of death squeeze the rock. Right. So then their hands get really tired really quick too. Yeah, which is probably sort of related, but then also just sort of that not being familiar with the situation too. Exactly. Right? Like they're going to fall back to their death or something. Yeah, right? survival yeah. response kind okay. of thing. Awesome. Yeah, and that's probably pretty common in sport generally too. Like certainly in cycling, like you get that death grip and then people grab the brakes super hard. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Interesting. Um, now what about someone who's... I mean, has a little bit of experience, a little bit of knowledge, you know, about a lot of fitness. Like, would have you seen things go sideways? With yeah, like maybe they've climbed in the gym a couple times and sure. they're coming outdoors. Yeah. Um, with those people, the number one thing I notice is uh, the root reading capabilities. So inside, you've got uh, the holds all marked, right? Outside, okay. people are just totally lost. You know, they're like, they don't see the rock the same way that they see climbing holds. So if you see like a veteran out on the rock, you know, it's, they read it like they've been on it a million times, right? Because we can see the rock and the different cracks and stuff and know how to grab right. those different features. So I definitely think that's And that just, that things. comes with time. There's totally. No just practice. That's yeah. the only way. You got to get outside. Yeah. 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 And I think that's definitely, you know, in cycling again, not to keep coming back to cycling, but there's that... We call it like line choice, I guess. So it's not a lot different. You call it yeah. root, root finding. Root reading or root, root finding, reading. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and some people have found, I don't know if you've had anything like people from certain sports. So I don't know, mountain biking would be an example of maybe a trail running or something like that where people are already versed in some sort of like line choice. I don't know if you've found that like certain people are better at picking that up. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. for sure. I would say there's definitely certain people that just have this unbelievable ability to read rock right. like quickly too you know like they can just process the way their body fits on it really yeah. quick yeah like or they for some reason like just climbed longer as kids yeah right? like, exactly you know I mean? like they're always climbing trees you know or climbed later you know yeah more time on the rock yeah hmm. what about connective tissue because i feel like that's that's come up a few times and like just in what i've seen you know, you have someone who's pretty fit, you know, maybe fairly athletic, but, you know, hasn't hung off of stuff with mm-hmm. their fingers, especially. Yeah, definitely. Um, Hand strength. Like, do you see, because I mean, certainly that's a common injury, right? Like, it's just like fingers, things in the fingers definitely. or arms or elbows, yep. shoulders, you said too. Most definitely. Um, so that would be like a, a training error, I guess, in some ways, but 
I wonder, like, for adults especially, that must be an issue. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, obviously, adults get injured more, I would yeah. say. But kids nowadays, they're training so hard in the gyms, they're blowing fingers and stuff at, like, age 10. Right. You know, so yeah. it happens to everyone, for sure. Okay, and those are kids who are, like, focused on rock climbing? Yeah, so the sport's kind of gone a totally different direction in the last few years, and with the kind of burst of the climbing gym era mm. um, all these kids are now popping up all over the place that are climbing harder than any of us adults ever right. could and they have no fear yeah, yeah and they have no fear no job to, you know yeah. it's like and <laughs> no fear, they're no light as a feather and yeah. Um, yeah like some of the best climbers in the world now are like 14 years old and okay. like you know a little 14 year old girl is beating half the men out there nowadays right yeah, you've seen that in a lot of things too. Like certainly mm -hmm. most are a lot of the extreme sports because you get that like movement ability because you've been doing it, you know, when you were really small with no fear. Exactly. And everything else. And then in rock climbing, I would think that you start getting like power to weight advantage mm -hmm. too because now you're putting exactly. all this skill behind people who weigh tiny fingers <laughs> too. Their little fingers fit in smaller holds and. And I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going to have the issues in connective tissue, but if you start, like, I mean, that's the issue for a lot of adults, right? Is like you have strength, but now you have all this body weight and you mm -hmm. haven't ever trained that connective exactly. tissue. So like that's going to take years to really develop, yeah. right? Where that's not your limiting factor. Totally. Um, hmm. Yeah. I think it's like, it becomes like walking for them, you know, like, cause they sure. grew up doing it. Like so swimming or something like that yeah. too, right? Where you're just like, you're so familiar, you know, you're mm -hmm. not death you're not scared of falling back off the wall like you just yeah exactly to do that awesome um so i think we got through that um indoor versus outdoor you're saying is more sort of the biggest thing to overcome is just the root choice yeah is there anything else that helps with that transition i mean guiding obviously and on, yeah, on the just, rocks calling with exactly yeah i know it's just experience to kind of understand the rock it just comes from experience that's the only way is there anything that someone could do to prepare? So you're climbing indoors, you maybe go once or twice a week, and you're planning to go, you know, maybe on a yeah, trip? Yeah, so or... um, maybe to, like, prepare your body for the searching you're going to do on Real Rock. Because inside, it's really easy to just grab and go all the time. Mm -hmm. So you grab a hold, grab the next one, grab the hold, grab the next one. Outdoors, I find you might be locked off on a hold searching for the next hold for a while. Mm -hmm. So um, I tell gym climbers, if you want to kind of prepare your body for that, when you're climbing your warm up or whatever in the gym, you can always grab a hold, lock it off for like, you know, however long you want to hold it for, then grab the next one, lock that one off for a while, then grab the next mm. one. And it'll just kind of at least give you more endurance in your lock off strength so you can look for the holds. Um, I see what you're saying. While you're root finding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I find um, like footwork wise, uh, it's also harder for gym climbers to make the transition because inside, they always have those little tiny feet. You can see them on, on the wall. Outdoors, you can kind of, like, the feet are much more um, hard to read. Yeah, like you've moved above it. And yeah. And now you have to, like, find Find it again. Going. Or, like, you have to trust smears, which is pretty much when you just stick your foot on the wall that's not even a foothold. Right. Um, and gym climbers aren't accustomed to that kind of thing, so. No, you don't do, like, you're always on, like, an actual. An actual foothold. Yeah. 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 Something, like, it's is it a bolt or what is the, we call them foot jibs. They're just like okay. a little yeah, tiny. Like you're, there's always something like it's there's plywood. And yeah, then there's exactly. Something that someone has put That's into it rather than like the natural like, you know, une undulations, uneven of the, yeah. of the rock. Like you can't it's not red exactly <laughs> yeah because outside you're reading angles right you're yeah. like oh that's at a low enough angle that i could stick my foot on it kind of yeah. thing and i think that probably relates to your comfort on the wall because mm -hmm. even just being able to cite that and remember it but there's like 
looking down like it's not just oh there's a red thing i'm putting For my sure. foot on it's there's a whole wall you know there and then yeah. like below that is you know could be a significant so you don't even want to look down exactly and outdoor is also a lot longer a lot of the times too the climbs compared to the gym so you need to also have more endurance okay. um, and be able to kind of control your um, heart rate and stuff as you climb because it's a longer burst of climbing so right. um, experienced outdoor climbers know how to find rests and the body positions to rest they know how to manage their pump as they go up which is when the your forearms start filling up with the lactic acid um, and that's how do you do that um, so you've got to do what we call shaking so it's you pretty much just like find a good body position where you can hang straight arm and then you drop one of your arms and you kind of try to jiggle your triceps so okay. to shake out your forearms yeah um, and then if you're really pumped, then you got to kind of hold your one arm over your head to shake it out and then drop it down and shake it out again. And you okay. just kind of like constantly jiggling and shaking your arms to try to break up the lactic acid that builds right. up. And then the yeah. harder the climb, you might not get a rest like that. You might just have to do little shakes between each move. Like as you're moving your hand. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So if you see rock climbers doing that, they're not like dancing or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're exactly. Not to Taylor Swift yeah. Or anyway. I mean, I guess you could. You yeah, could it's going to be the next move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's my question. How are your hands so, like, nice? Because oh, wow. That's funny to hear you say that. <laughs> well, they don't look like callous or anything. Oh, yeah. They're... I guess they're okay right now. Eh? You actually have a post about that, too, which I'll link to as well. <laughs> but that is there. Skin tips. How are your hands um, not blistered and bleeding. You know, I've been climbing for so many years now that I think my hand is just like one giant callus. <laughs> but I definitely, um, when I first started, I wasn't blessed with very good skin. I think it's just kind of learned. Um, so there are ways to maintain your skin. You know, you can file down calluses and stuff like that to kind of make it better. Right. Okay. Yeah, it definitely comes with time, I guess. But It does. Now, do you, like, you chalk, though? Yep. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Chalk is yeah. a necessity. Okay. And are you, like, is there a certain type of chalk that yeah. you prefer? Yeah, flash chalk. Okay. It's awesome. It's a Canadian yeah. company as well, which awesome. is pretty sweet. It's, it's good. Um, oh, actually, I have one on the topic of gear. If you're just getting started and you've like been to a gym a couple of times and you really like it, what gear should you get? Like, what makes sense to actually buy versus yeah, like for starting borrow out, for a while? You yeah, definitely want your own like kind of personal kit. So you want to get your own harness and your own climbing shoes and your own chalk bag. And a lot of companies will make like a package that those, like at least the harness and chalk bag will come together yeah. or something like that. Um, and then climbing shoe wise, it's good to start with like an entry level shoe. Like La Sportiva comes out with one called the the Nago. You know, you could do That's something like that. Yeah, like start off with something like that. And then the more you get into it, you can go more aggressive with your shoes. Yeah. I just wanted shoes because renting them at the gym seemed really gross. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, they're really small. You wear them without socks. Exactly. Yeah. No, I hear that. <laughs> Are the... So, I mean, um, the fit must be important in the shoes, though. Like, that would be a reason to Definitely. get your own shoes, like, so you know they fit. Yeah. Because you, your footwork's very important. So, you want to trust your feet, and you want a shoe that's, like, custom fit to your foot. And they're super tight. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Like, I went with Molly to a gym a few years ago. And I hadn't, I guess maybe I hadn't ever had a rock climbing shoe, like, maybe that fit right. Like, I remember going as a kid, and maybe I just didn't care then or something. But I just remember, like, this is uncomfortable. For sure. So, like, it has to be that tight. Yeah. So, 
it's kind of changed over the years. Like way back when I first started, it was like you had to buy them so tight you could barely get them on. And then like we'd put them in water and wet them and then like put them on our foot when they're really tight and let them yeah. dry on it. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Um, over the years, people realize you don't need to buy your shoes that tight. Yeah. But you definitely like your foot needs to be at the very end of the shoe and your toes should be like kind of mildly curved, I would say. Okay. Um, they should be pretty relatively uncomfortable at first um, because they do stretch as well a little bit. Okay. Um, but you don't want to go for a hike in them. Well, I was going to say, because you're, you're in them, like, would you take your shoes off? Always. Yeah. I want those things off the second I come down, usually. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, in a day, like, you're, what, like, what is a typical day when you're just going to train, I guess? You're three days a week when you're going training. Like, is that a four-hour in the forest type thing, or how long well, are you Well, if out? it's indoors, it could be maybe, like, a couple hours. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm going out climbing outside, we usually go for the whole day. Um, right. maybe a half day on occasion, but okay. usually it's like you go out, you do a warm up climb or two, then you do one that's maybe a little bit harder that gets the blood flowing. And then I usually hunker down on like something hard for the rest of the day and then maybe do it, maybe not. Mm -hmm. And then finish the day. Kind of right. Thing. So you could spend like the afternoon essentially on one. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I could spend a good part of the day on one climb. You're not on it the whole time, right. but you give it a burn and then come down and rest for like 40 minutes and then try yeah. it again kind of thing. Climbing's yeah. great. You can take a nap in between your <laughs> efforts and like eat a bunch of food and then go and try and again. if you're with other people, like you could be like Blaine or yeah, exactly. Could, yeah, or you, like hike up and set another route for yeah. someone or something like that too. Totally. Right? So you definitely you're moving. It's interesting because like no one really ever thinks, or I don't think about it. I guess enough as it's like there's an aerobic demand there. Like you're not, you know, you're not running up mountains or something, but. Like you're moving a lot of the day, right? Sure. And you're recovering, which you know is essentially aerobic in between those mm -hmm. those huge efforts. Right? Yeah, we always so. joke because we hike in with all this gear, right? And these huge packs, and sometimes these cliffs are like big hikes up a hill to get there. Mm -hmm. And it's like by the time you get up there, you're completely exhausted. <laughs> and I'm like, to most normal people, this would have been their day, you know. But then we climb for the rest of the day after that. So would that be an advantage that maybe I would have? in that like yeah just sure. having like huge aerobic ability definitely. would let you get to things fresher mm -hmm. or like later in the day i guess yeah. be fresher right whereas that's like, stamina for a full day kind right. of thing okay for sure i just need to do 10 pull-ups <laughs> <laughs> um okay so then what about talking about advantages i guess would you say we have it worded here as uh, like, are there advantages for females in rock climbing, like a certain type of thing, or maybe you'd prefer to go like to a certain size of person versus female? Yeah, male? it's you could segregate it to female. Um, I guess one thing that we have is um, we've got a different center of gravity than men. Okay. So I find women tend to use their hips a little more than men do in climbing. So okay. um, like, it's kind of hard to explain without demonstrating, but. Um, we're better at keeping our hips closer to the wall and um, turning our hips in and so it kind of makes women climb a little bit differently I'd say than men. Okay. Women tend to use more technique um, just to kind of make up for our lack of strength. So you know usually women kind of make climbing look like a beautiful dance where men can and this is totally making generalization um, be to end up being like super burly and like yeah. you know like more right. manly. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think in the end, like women and men um, can climb very similarly. Mm -hmm. um, it just depends on your body type and and that. Sure, and just proportion, right? Exactly. Like, like yeah. you say, very general 
things. Is there anything though, like is there a discipline or a, even a, a certain feature or, or route that like females have excelled at or have only done, you know, a certain thing because of that or, you know? Um, I wouldn't say that women are just climbing one style. I think that maybe they might do a little better on endurance based routes just because of being lighter generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's less, less like powerful sequences, right. but really nowadays women are climbing just as hard as men in all styles of climbing. So, right. which is pretty cool. So you're seeing things like becoming pretty close. To yeah, you. yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of women, um, when there wasn't as many women in the sport, it was a big deal when a woman did something that's called the first female ascent. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, to me, really it doesn't even it. really matter. I'm kind of like, who like who cares if a lady did it? Like, you right. know, it's like if another did person it. did it, you yeah. know? I think women are climbing just as hard as men. The only limitations we have is our height usually. So there's okay. just certain climbs that we can't touch because we'll yeah. never be able to reach those right. holds. Yeah, like you'd have to explode. Yeah. You, I, was gonna, I was gonna say, do short people ever have the advantage? <laughs> yes, like, I truly believe spur, we do. Spurlunking. Yeah, something. there's like <laughs> certain body positions, especially really short people, they can get into. Like, you know, if a rock's curved in a certain way, a short person can kind of like tuck theirself in there. Sure. Um, where a, a guy, his butt would be poking out from the wall and he'd have to like lunge at it, you know? So, I need to find these places. Yeah, there's definitely, or if you're ever pulling like a, a big roof um, and then you're rounding up onto the face, um, in that situation, you got to get your feet really high and up over the roof, right? So women or short people can usually bunch into a little ball like that, but a big tall man, his butt's right. like hanging low and he's hating his life, right. you know? So um, there's definitely advantages to being short. Um, I find it very rare that I get shut down by like a reach move, like... It happens, you know, and it sucks. But uh, for the most part, I think it's more fun to be short because you get to jump further. And now do... you just did something I saw on Insta. Yeah, that was my friend Dan. So he just uh, he just did a climb that had a dyno on it. Mm-hmm. That's what that's called. That kind dino of movement. Dyno jump. Yeah, and okay. he did this like big jump to catch something. So. Oh, I thought that was you. No, that was Dan. Yeah, oh, he's okay. got a big ponytail too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. I know. I will Sorry, tell. Leslie. I don't know who I am offended, but. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. kind of a dark video. <laughs> <laughs> well, his back was to the camera. So. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that was a really cool move, though. So if you want to see an example of a dino, um, it's on. I'll. It, it was on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll link to that too. Um. Okay. And then you were just up north, further north than we are, I believe, this past week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true? we went up to the Bruce Peninsula. Okay. Yeah. And what were you doing up there? Um, I was actually going up there to develop a climb. So um, in the summertime, I like to go out and find routes that haven't been climbed before and put them up. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's what we did this this time. And uh, it's a climb that we started developing last year and uh, just finished it off. We haven't, I haven't done it yet, but we got all the bolts in the wall and I did right. all the moves except for one. So okay, I think it good. goes. There's and it's, something to be done. Yeah, yes. and it's uh, way better and way harder than I thought, so. Um, so how does that work? Like that to me seems sort of odd that a stranger could be setting up a route. It is. <laughs> yeah, right? for sure. So like what kind of, like what, what would be the safety? Like, how do you know? Yeah. Like there's how do a, I know you know what you're doing I know. when I just show up at the Bruce Peninsula? I get asked this a lot, actually. Um, I'm sure it's not. It's a little thing. creepy because for sure, anybody literally can have a drill and go out and develop a climb. Like, I'm not going to lie to you about that. Um, I think 
even a bad bolt in the wall will most likely hold most likely mm -hmm. um and there hasn't really been any stories of like bolt failure mm -hmm. uh, but there's definitely more and more people nowadays picking up a drill and bolting so like sometimes you might come across climbs that are just bolted terribly because the person didn't know what they were doing and then somebody else has to go out and fix it and it's rare though but and i think like i asked mark this when we were out too and like his answer i think was more like there's such a redundancy yeah like like one like the first three you're not that high off the ground mm -hmm. and then like after that you now have four exactly say, like as you get to the Underneath fourth one you. there's the three below that that are you know totally. sort of slowing you down at least mm -hmm. um but like they'd all have to give way exactly and then he yeah. said like i guess you, you would give like a bit of a tug if you were like a little nervous right mm -hmm. so yeah yeah there's lots of redundancy built into climbing is that an issue like with the renegade root building like is that becoming more of an issue as more people well there's lots of new roots going up now which is awesome mm -hmm. um, more people out there more climbs are going up yeah. um i think the issue might lie in people developing on places that are closed right. sensitive access um that's kind of becoming more of an issue i'd say okay. but i think most of the time it's a really good thing okay and I would imagine what happens, I mean, cycling or mountain biking specifically has the same issue with like renegade trail building and same thing. With yeah. Like we are, we've been battling land access for a long time now, but same thing. You get people who decide they want to build trail, but they don't know what they're doing. And so usually with mountain biking, that just means that it's a crappy trail and no one, like it's not necessarily a big issue, but you could get into a danger sort of situation too. Um, but usually mountain biking, it just no one rides it if it sucks. Right? Yeah, so, exactly. And that's same with climbing. If yeah. the word gets out that this route sucks, nobody's going to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Neat. Sometimes they get chopped too. If they are hated enough, people will take the bolts right out of them. <laughs> well, that's it too, I guess, right? Like you'll just get shut down and then you've wasted a whole day. Yeah, and money. Right. I guess it's not cheap. So no, that's a barrier too. It's, it's the, not just taking a rake out. And that's the thing. Like okay. it's, you really got to want to go out and do it because it's not a cheap hobby. And you'd have to be able to, unless you brought a ladder into the forest, you'd have to climb up to drill it. Right? We usually rappel in. So you'd start oh, from the top okay. and wrap But that's gear, but some and, people gear do that. and know how to do that. So that's a barrier yeah. to doing it. Exactly. Too. Yeah. You need okay. to know what you're doing. Um, let's talk van life a little bit then. Uh, trailer life, I think, mm -hmm. is where you're at right now. But you've done the whole spectrum, right? Oh, yeah. We've worked our way up the ranks. Okay. We started in the back of a Subaru Outback. Okay. Um, we lived in the back of that for like a year and a half, actually. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like slept, that was like, slept in the back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my husband and I were in there for like a year and a half together. We like ate out of a can and dumpster dove wow. and did everything we and could. And you're still married. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, we actually got married after that trip, so we okay. knew that it was like Even more forever impressive. after okay. that. Awesome. And then um, eventually we got a huge van, uh, which like is Sprinter great. Or what did you no, do? No, it was a Dodge Ram converted. They cut off the back and cut off the top and then extended both, oh, so it was wow. actually pretty big. Um, that was a clunker and it broke down all the time. And it was kind of hard bringing our van with us everywhere. Like you'd, you'd have to bring it to the cliff and park it in this weird parking lot and like your whole life is in there. Right. So now we've got a trailer and a truck and that's like the best setup because we can like ditch our truck or sorry, ditch our trailer with like a safe right. spot and then take our truck to get groceries or to the cliff or wherever right. we're going. And that's what a few people have told us. For yeah. Sure. It's the way. And that's that's what we ran into because we just got a small van, but we were like, oh, big sprinter. But then we we're like, yeah, we mm -hmm. have to drive it to the grocery store. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Climbers love the sprinter vans now. That's like the 
the van. The it van. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't popular. know what they afford them. That was sort of why, like, I almost <laughs> <Right>? didn't. <laughs> I almost didn't want to get one because it's, like, such the it van, but. I know. But they are sweet, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. With that being said. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're in a trailer, and so that's, like, you're in there for several months. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you find, I mean, like us, but I, I think you do it more so, you're, you're in a house here in Thornbury, mm-hmm. in Collingwood, and then you go and you're gone for months. So how do you find, like, from a routine standpoint, like, how, is there anything that you try and keep in your day when you're on the road like that? Um, kind of like when I'm here, I've got the routine of I'm working, and when I'm not working, I'm you know, going out and finding new routes and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. I find I slip into my routine finally when I'm on the road. Okay. Like that's when we like just, you have no worries at all. It's just right. eat, sleep, rock climb. So that is the routine, which is really nice. It's usually the adjustment coming home and getting back into like the whirlwind well, other, of work. Other and, routines, like, other people's stuff. Exactly. Then, yeah. yeah. Are you doing business stuff? When you're on the road, definitely like you still have some emails and bookings and yeah, I do a little bit of guiding in the U.S. Um, okay. for Canadian clients, and then uh, pretty much around like February, I find that's when things start booking up for me with on the rocks, and mm-hmm. then uh, so I'll start doing administrative stuff and like course prep and stuff like that while we're on the road, which is great because I can do it from anywhere. Right. So awesome, that's so cool. Um, what was I gonna say? So when you're I think you did the same thing I do with Canadian clients. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Cannot stress that. I think, I, det- I, think I, I detected the same thing that I have in my voice when I talk about that. Um, that's awesome. So then you can integrate a bit of work down while you're down there. Then, yeah. Too. Yeah. And it's different usually than what I do here because we'll uh, go to spots with like multi-pitch and stuff like that. So I can guide multi-pitch and different rock, different sure, styles, like which bigger, is really fun. Bigger stuff, yeah. More, you know, maybe more scenic. Well, mm-hmm. That's good scenery, but yeah, a little more epic, I guess. Yeah. Um, and are you usually renting, or are they renting a house and like you sort of, you're with them for a week type thing or is it more like you just meet them at the face every Usually, day? um, everybody I've ever guided away has been like three, four days okay. they'll come down for and yeah, they'll book a, either a cabin or a hotel or something like that yeah. and then I'll work with them for the three days and then they go home. Okay. Do you guys always stay in campgrounds or do you do... Um, we do it both. You know, like if we're in Joshua Tree, they only have the campground. Um, but the U.S., like through the desert at least, there's so much BLM land. So we can yeah. just park for free for anywhere. Sweet. Yeah. And you never had issues security-wise with that? Knock on wood, not yet. The yeah. sketchiest place. We only got broken once in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Don't ever... I don't know about Albuquerque. Yeah, exactly. that's what I said too. <laughs> I'm like shocking that we've got broken into here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you were at a campground there? No, we were actually at a hotel and we parked yeah, right see, in front sketchy. of the Yeah, we right parked in front of right, the door. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've heard that a few times in Albuquerque and like I remember parking like super close and like had all these like basically pots and pan alarm mm-hmm. systems set up and window like open just enough but like you know put a bar so that I wouldn't I wouldn't get like assaulted and just like listening all night just like waiting for something to happen I'm like why bother staying or sleeping anyway yeah exactly you may as well just keep driving Walmart parking lots are good too yeah we do do that quite a bit as well do you know if that exists in Canada like I always wondered that yeah because I never look here 
I saw one here in town at the one the other day, just someone in the back with an yeah, RV. Yeah, so maybe it is. I mean, right. I think you could park in most of those places. Like, they have night workers and stuff. Like That's a thing. I think that's where the van's nicer. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, as long as you're not creepy and, like, you're outside showering in the yeah, parking exactly. lot, like, you're fine. <laughs> Which I'm known to do. So. That's true. <laughs> what do you guys do for that? For showers? Yeah. Uh, we have a solar shower if we're in the in, desert. In the trailer or um, is this an outside? We put it on the outside. You can get them really cheap at like... Yeah, we had this like, it was like a big hydration pack bladder yeah, basically. totally. It's like that. And How it's do black. you rig up the nozzle? It is black. Um, we just kind of dangle it over our trailer. So we tie it up with a little string and it kind of hangs down. Awesome. Yeah, the key is to not forget it on the roof. So I don't know if you saw our van. We have like a big safari thing on it. I don't know if you noticed it when you came in. It's a transit. And uh, so we have like this rooftop like rack that you could like put suitcases or something or you know whatever your safari paraphernalia <laughs> so we put the shower up at the race on the weekend we raced just at hardwood and i was like after the race i'm gonna have this relaxed shower there's a bit of sun i'm like it's gonna be warm it's gonna be so good and I, it probably was and then of course i get distracted and i like cut my eye this weekend so i, I had to like attend to that and it's just really busy with you know post-race stuff and so I didn't actually get over to do the shower so then we got back and Molly was in the car and all packed up so I just threw my bike in and just drove away shower on the roof <laughs> got home and so we're laying in bed that night and I was like did you pull the shower in and she's like I didn't know you put it on the roof and oh, I was like oh no. good so we need a new shower <laughs> luckily the one we had was sort of small so it wasn't that not that big of a deal no it was like 10 bucks yeah something like community that. centers are the best though for showers yeah that's usually how we roll do you do ever go to gyms while you're on the road or no? Yep, totally. Yeah, yeah. like usually. Is that weather dependent or like what do you do? Oh, like a climbing gym. I'm thinking more like fitness gym. Yeah, same. Okay. Um, yeah, we do that regularly. I try to go like at least once a week to okay. a gym, gym. Okay, and what do you like? Is that same routine, sort of your your balancing uh, opposition totally. stuff? Totally. Yeah, yeah, like I got a lot of injuries um, throughout my climbing career, and I find if I slack on that kind of stuff. Right. I get injured. It's like a guarantee. I'll get shoulder impingement or something like that. So what are like what are the two or three things that you would do for sure? Um, exercise wise, yeah. Um, well, a general maintenance thing we'll do is uh, kind of one of my coaches taught me this ages ago. He called it anatomical adaptation, hmm. and we do like twenty five rep. Um, so say there's a shoulder exercise, a chest exercise, and a tricep exercise, and mm-hmm. you do um, so one of each. 25 reps yeah. times three, yeah. and then you do three different exercises okay. per muscle group kind of thing. So I'll do that kind of a thing. Okay. Um, I've got a lot of different band work too that I like to do, okay. um, like shoulder stability stuff. Yeah, you could probably do a lot of that. Ways. In that rep range, you could probably do a lot with bands actually. Totally, yeah. Just because you're more upper body focused. I, I like to do the strength stuff. I know like Sarah tells me I should do strength maintenance during the yeah. winter, but it, it's hard because like, no, you know, I'm then the same. I'm all sore for like I, the next I love day. going in the gym. It takes me a while to get back in the routine, and like <clears> I love like fairly heavy. I mean, I'm not that strong, um, but you know, with weight. But this year, I was just like, I'm just not gonna do it. Like, mm-hmm. like I just can't. Like, we're it's so variable, and like I like I have to be in one place and know where the stuff is. Yeah. So I just started like basically body weight, and I was like, there's a couple yeah. things like pistols and you know more range of motion based things, handstands and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm just gonna take a real body weight gymnastics type approach. And yeah. That way, like I basically did it two or three times a week, and nothing. I feel like twenty to thirty minutes was my like I would do it. Yeah, it's if quick. I, if I said thirty to forty five to an hour, it wouldn't get done. And yep. Yeah. And sweet. I think that's the way you got to do it. Like you just got to come up with this like kind of short 
workout that's just a maintenance thing mm -hmm. and if i do that then i find i'll do it and same like you said yeah. if i'm trying to go in and do my like full-on strength workout yeah. it's not happening and if you have to do like five by five super heavy back squats yeah like, it's not it just happening. doesn't happen it's in joshua tree no right? exactly and mm. a lot of this stuff we can do at our campsite too like i can do push-ups and bands and stuff at my campsite so we'll make like a little gym there sure. sometimes yeah yeah, lift like your your shower, your bag of shower <laughs> exactly, water. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like a sandbag. Kettlebell swings with the shower bag. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I have maybe one more training question, and then two other quick questions, and then mm -hmm. I think we're through. Um, we talked a little bit about like um, ligaments and that sort of injury. Do you do anything grip strength wise? Like so the hangboard stuff is grip specific. 100%, okay. um, another thing I do is more to prevent injury. Um, I take like an elastic band. There's a, Metolius makes another thing too that you can use, but um, and you just try to open your hands with the oh elastic band. So, so I do with broccoli elastics. Yeah, to try and oppose because like so much is gripping. Because we're so like this, like my hands are like permanently almost. So closed. what is this product? What is this product? Because I always say broccoli <laughs> oh, elastic, geez. which works pretty good because it's, it's available. Like the Metolius Grip Saver, I want to say it's called. Oh my god. Um, where you actually squeeze a ball and then open, and each finger goes into an individual elastic band. But thing. you can still use your extensors. And you use the extensors after, okay. yeah. I just use, I lost mine, so I just now use like an elastic band and mm -hmm. open it up. Yeah. I'll do that for my warm up, I'll do that on my rest days. Um, I find it's prevented for sure. Yeah. Um, there's another thing I've done to help prevent uh, forearm issues and hand issues too called the Arm Aid. Um, yeah. It's like this forearm roller thing. It helps prevent elbow, in, even for any sport, if you've got like an elbow injury, um, it's genius. I love this thing, the arm aid. Huh, so is it like a, this sort of thing, or is it like more like so a So it's kind of like that, but you but you actually like, it's got a clamp. This is a roller, I'll post a picture to it. It's got a, it's like a <laughs> clamp. Okay. Okay, so you can, you can pinch it onto your arm, and it's got rollers on both sides. Oh, and then you can I think I've seen that. like this okay. through awesome. it. I'm so you can get think. your bicep, you can get like your elbow. And it sits on the floor, like on you the table. You can actually strap it to your leg. Oh, I've definitely seen that. Yeah. And you think it's called the arm aid? It's the arm aid, yeah. Okay, We've, sweet. I it's love, super expensive. I love mobility we toys. bought it and it's been worth every penny. Oh, I remember no. seeing This is that. going on our registry now. Yeah. <laughs> We've got all the tools. Yeah. <laughs> We've got all the tools. Awesome. I'm glad I asked about that. I threw the random training thing in the middle. Um, <laughs> so we always like to ask, again, because we're getting married in August and we you know, exercise, move together a fair bit. We always ask, you're always with your husband on the road. You slept in a small vehicle for many years. Um, do you have any tips for training with someone, you know, with your, your partner in life, with your, you know, someone you're in a relationship with? Like, how do you guys manage it? But Like, so, how do we train together? Yeah, yes. do you? Yeah, we do a little bit. Um, Does he climb? Like, he climbs. Kyle climbs, yeah. yeah. He's right. not as motivated as I am. Um, which is, I think that's like a lot of the time. Like you're yeah, the same. Exactly. Right? So, you know, like for me, I wouldn't, I love training with Kyle, but I, there's other people that are like maybe a little bit more motivated, a little bit um, stronger than me that I, I like training with maybe a little more for training. Right. Um, but with that being said, um, he's my favorite climbing partner. Okay. 
Um, tips to kind of like what avoid maritals. <laughs> yeah. I, <guess>. yeah. <laughs> um, I like that term maritals. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like in football or something. Like I'm trying to think of the term I'm thinking of, but like yeah, it's just like a sport thing. It's such a, like well, it is. Throwing and I a marital because you're so comfortable with the person, it's really easy to flip out on them, right? Exactly. So yeah. you need to always remind yourself, like if this wasn't my husband here, would you have talked to them that way, right? right? So like yeah. before you say something or snap. That's usually what I need to do, but because we don't fight very often, but I tell you when we do, it's like we're something dumb with rock climbing, you know, like I said take, <laughs> you know, like, why didn't you take? Okay, so I was gonna say maybe rock climbing is a better sport to avoid stuff like that, but I guess <laughs> no, it's not. There's always sticking. It's not points. at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, it, it's. I guess it just depends on the couple, really. Okay. So I mean, mixing it up. Now, does he climb, like? Is he, like what kind of level would he be relative? Um, to... Kyle climbs. I guess I could call him like a solid twelve D max. Okay. Would be his limit. Okay. Um, so he's like you know a number grade below my ability. Right. Um, but I think he has the abilities to climb harder. He just doesn't. He's more of like a jack of all trades. He likes to golf. He likes to do a bunch of stuff. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. But he's like, it's hard. That's why it's hard for me to give advice because I have honestly the most like supportive husband in the entire planet. So it's like for him, it's just been so easy. I mean, that can be you nice. know, like he's always supportive of whatever I need to train, whatever I need to do. He'll be there, okay. kind of thing. And does he work in the business as well, or no? He actually owns uh, Meaford Storage and Car Wash okay. and the laundromat in Thornbury. <laughs> Good living. Yeah. Totally. Good living. I gotta always, get in this turnkey business. I know me. that's his li- his motto in life. Yeah. 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 Peter wants to be a, a landowner. Yeah, I'm you not, should talk I to Kyle. You are a landowner. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this counts as land. I always don't wanted to have own, any. Like, I was <laughs> to start. Like I mean, we're above ground. <laughs> yeah, I know you gotta True. find those businesses. Like people need to wash their cars. Like, exactly. I always thought sep- like pumping septic. Like mm-hmm. no one wants to do he it. He looked into porta potties too See? for a bit. He's yeah. a smart guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's all into that make money doing nothing Well, because people, yeah, I mean, you got to do something. Like, people don't want to do that stuff, right? Exactly. Like, they don't want to use their own water or buy all the stuff to wash their cars or whatever. Like, they don't want the dirt on their driveway. Like, they don't want to do it. Yeah, so exactly. They don't want to pe- pump their septic system. It seems like a good good business to be in. It's perfect. And you can run it from the road. So when we go away, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. It's yeah. all pretty auto or... Yep. And, yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. Last question I like to ask is any other people that come to mind and you know certainly in the climbing world or something like that that maybe we could you know reach out to or you think locally whichever Mm. yeah like I mean globally like we do Skype and stuff too and we're always on the road so even just people someday will well my hero in rock climbing Sonny Trotter okay he's on the other side of Canada that guy is like we call him Canada's Superman yeah I've I've read about him. great guy he's actually from Ontario too Okay. Um, but yeah, he's an inspiration to so many people, for sure. And he's one of those guys who's been at the top of his game since he was a kid. Like he just shows no signs of slowing down. So wow. yeah, he's a pretty hardcore athlete. Um, Vicky Weldon, she's uh, I would almost say maybe the most well-rounded climber in Canada. She was like a national champion for indoor com- competitions, okay. and then she's like climbed stronger than any woman in Canada and. Uh, sport climbing and then she also like pushes it on trad and bouldering as well so and she's super nice lady as well fellow Arcteryx athlete nice Mm -hmm. Um, locally I don't know if you've ever talked to Gary Posey but he's uh, used to compete a little bit 
Um, I only say him because he's like probably the most freakishly strong climber <laughs> I know, but like okay. he's off the radar. He's not like a sponsored athlete or anything, but he is a mutant, that right. guy. Would you see, and some of this is somewhat of back to training, but so would he be an example of someone who would use his strength and then technique wise just wouldn't be quite as strong as, as other people? No, he he's pretty have to. much got it all. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think he's just got like this unbelievably freakishly strong, uh, like gymnast kind of physique, you yeah. know, so his body awareness is incredible. Okay. Um, maybe his weakest grip would be like his hand strength because yeah. he tends to blow fingers a lot. Right. Um, so I almost think his body and, and technique is stronger than his hands, maybe. Okay. Um, Did he come to climbing late then? Um, I don't know when he started actually. Okay. He's been in it for a while. We'll have to maybe ask him. But he competes too. Um, okay. And climbs super hard. Interesting. Um, okay, anything else, Molly, on your end? I think that, that covered okay. a whole lot. There's right. one little training thing I forgot to mention. Sure. Yeah, um, and it's only because it's actually kind of new, and I just discovered it and haven't started training with it yet. Okay. Called the yoke. You guys should, I got to tell Sarah about this too. Okay. Because I just read, they're coming today to set one up in my gym. Okay. So it's this like, so you know a canoe yoke in a canoe? Like the middle yeah. of the canoe? Yeah. That's the only way I can kind of make you picture it. So it's like one of those. Um, so it's like this arched wooden thing. Mm -hmm. And they'll suspend it from the ceiling. And there's like a whole whack of exercises you can do with it. But just to give you an idea, if you're doing a pull-up on the yoke, if you were to tilt, like if you're stronger on one side and you go to pull-up, it'll tilt, right? So you have to be like fully balanced through the whole exercise or the whole thing will tip. So if you're like um, hang rings from it, Per se, yeah. and you want to do push-ups on the rings. Okay. If you go and like, if you push too much on one side, you're just going to collapse to the one side. Mm -hmm. So it's like every exercise. Not only are you doing it like stability, like it, the rings, but it adds it the curved? tilting. Yeah, it's like oh man, this thing is sick. So they just uh, they've got all these different attachments you can do with it. They've got this actual ladder thing. So it's like these ladder rungs that dangle from each end. And so to, for me, I've always wanted to be able to do a one-arm pull-up. And so for this thing, you like grab the one rung of the ladder and then lock it off. And then of course, once you let go of this hand, the whole thing's gonna tilt, right? So I let go of this hand, you gotta hold the lock off, reach and grab the next rung, go to reach the next one, it tilts to the other side, grab the oh next rung. And you're like holding like one arm lock off to, to climb the ladder. Right. And uh, so I'm gonna start like using these things into my training to try to build up that one arm lock off strength and like the stability huh. through push ups. You can join two together and do handstands and core stuff on them. So it's essentially, I don't Look know. Look it up on Facebook. Um, I don't know. It's just called Yoke? Yep. If you go on. Is it spelled? They're really new. W, or sorry, Y-O-L-K. Y-O-A-K. And if you go onto their Facebook page, that's where they've got a bunch of videos and stuff like that. That sounds awesome. It's amazing. And the first time I tried, I was like, I need to show Sarah this thing. She's going to freak. It's like TRX. Mm -hmm. meets like it's like TRX it's like a crack. TRX so <laughs> would you like... say it's like a handlebar though when you when you hold it or did you find it I, I don't know I think <clears> so <throat> I think it's loading I don't know anyhow let's wrap up the podcast yeah, sorry. We'll, 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 we'll post uh, oh that looks yeah. really cool so we'll post a picture to this yoke thing as well and you can look for that um, it looks like a pretty cool little device um, thank you to Leslie for coming. Again, we'll post all her, her details, and you can check those out. Um, Over at consummateathlete.com. Perfect. Woo! Yay! <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks so much for tuning in to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Hopefully you got a lot from Leslie. I know we did. Uh, We might actually have to go out rock climbing in the next couple days just because we're so inspired. Uh, If you have any questions or comments on the show, as always, you can tweet at me, at Molly J. Herford, or at Peter, which is at Peter Glassford. And you should definitely give Leslie a follow on Instagram. It's at Leslie Timmers. And check out the show notes for all those links and more over at consummateathlete.com. Thanks, and we will see you next time.